Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Building winning habits. There is a commitment behind it, and that's what we have to learn. How to do it over and over again. Blackhawks live. Shoots a breakaway into the blue zone. Now the slap with a deacon. A shot. He scores. His first of the year. Boris Kachuk. That's a save. Rebound. Scores. Boris Kachuk. Big Bo was looking for a rebound, and he found a juicy one. I'm trying to build to becoming the Chicago Blackhawks again. The team that every time they step on the ice, you know what you're going to get, and you know it's going to be a hard night. It's just a mindset. Going into a battle and winning it. Now. It's time to talk Hawks. Here's Joe Brand. And probably the most content-filled show of the year. I hope nothing tops tonight. We often talk about where this show gets scheduled. We're typically Monday nights. Tonight we're on Wednesday. There was Northwestern basketball Monday. There was a Hawks game last night. So, you just kind of go with the flow, and what happens, happens, and that becomes the content of the show. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live. Jack Heinrich is our producer, and clearly we've got a lot to get to with everything going on over the past week. We're not going to only delve on the Corey Perry situation, but we will talk about it. We had a great conversation with Boris Kachuk. Patrick Kane is a Detroit Red Wing. What? And uh, Anthony Beauvillier is the newest Blackhawk. He was traded from the Vancouver Canucks mid-game yesterday. But we start off with the Corey Perry situation. And I know everyone has questions, and I know everyone wants to know more. But we'll just start with the facts, because that's what we have. We have the facts. The facts were presented to us by the Chicago Blackhawks and by some very reputable sources, but for whatever reason... People still feel the need to try and dig a little bit deeper. So we'll just start with what happened yesterday. After morning skate, the Blackhawks waived Corey Perry on unconditional waivers for the purpose of buying out the contract, for terminating the contract, excuse me. Kyle Davidson chatted with the media, a full-on press conference at the United Center, and he started with, declaring the team's commitment to culture of accountability and stated that last week management was notified of possible misconduct by Corey Perry. He mentioned the team was very careful, taking all the steps necessary before they could comment on more. They came forward to the media. Obviously, there was more that Kyle Davidson probably would have liked to say But he just couldn't. And we've recently gotten a few more reports, one by ESPN's Emily Kaplan and Ryan Clark, who very reputable sources. Yesterday, right after the game, the report came out that the incident of Corey Perry's misconduct was what they are saying reportedly an incident that occurred on the day the team traveled to Columbus. That was last week. Earlier today, Frank Saravalli of Daily Faceoff originally reported 
And this was the quote, the original quote, I should say. An alcohol-fueled incident involving Perry was alleged to have occurred in Nashville on November 17th, the night prior to Chicago's game against the Predators, during a Blackhawks-organized corporate event that included sponsors and team employees in attendance. Now, as of just over the past hour, that date and time have been removed from that article. It's now listed as, according to sources, an alcohol-fueled event involved Perry was alleged to have occurred during an event, same thing with corporate sponsors and team employees, and then it later says it remains unclear what allegedly took place, who witnessed it, and who reported it to the team. The one common denominator, those are two different trips from the mother's trip. So we unfortunately are constantly asked and nudged about this rumor that was created and then just took on a life of its own on social media. And unfortunately, that is the Internet today. It truly is the wild, wild west out there. Anyone can say whatever they want at any time with no ramifications. And there was a time when you could identify the people who deserved their credentials and you could weed out the people that didn't deserve any. Remember that? That was great. That's when it was called Twitter. Now it's called X. A very mundane, unrecognizable, bland identity. And that's honestly how I feel about the jokes, the memes, the, the constant things that are just thrown around. And if, if there's still people out there that are not convinced enough, I mean, okay, we'll, we'll go down the order. Exhibit A, as I just mentioned, both of those reports from credible sources, not from a random person on the Internet, from credible sources declaring the incident happening in Nashville, in Columbus. That's not the mother's trip. Exhibit B, the Blackhawks statement yesterday regarding Perry's contract termination. If you say, oh, well, the, you know, the Hawks didn't technically rule out what the rumor was, here's, here's the middle of it. Perry has engaged in conduct, in conduct that is unacceptable and in violation of both terms of his standard player's contract and the Blackhawks' internal policies. I highly doubt that there's language in that contract pertaining to the details of the rumor. And then later on that day, Kyle Davidson had this to say. However, I do want to be very clear on this one point. This does not involve any players or their families, and anything that suggests otherwise, or anyone that suggests otherwise, is wildly inaccurate, and frankly, it's disgusting. So for whatever reason, that's still not enough for some people. I, I, again, I'm not sure why. And I know we're living in this, this world of the internet where likes and retweets and reposts rule, and that's, that's all there is to it. It's, it is unfortunate how valuable social media status is. I get it. I understand it. I live in that world. I have to work in that world. I, I just posted something on, on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, earlier today. Travis Kelsey, on his podcast with his brother Jason, talked about wanting to be a goalie in a Blackhawks practice because he loves Connor Bedard. He couldn't quite pronounce Bedard's last name, but we'll play that a little bit later. And, and it took off. You know, it's fun. People engaged. That, and that's, that's what I enjoy about social media. That's the good side. And unfortunately, you got the other side where people can just say whatever they want. And, and it's not even that. It's, it's the jokes and the memes and everything that, that take off afterwards. And it's just, it, it's people trying to 
to say the same thing in a different way and be clever and be funny. Like, hey, did you see mine? Did you see did you see the thing I edited? And is I don't know, that's just it's so it's so lame and lazy. And I don't know, there was a time in my life, I mean, I went to college right when Twitter took off, and man, I loved it. It was fun. You're talking to your buddies like crazy and, and on a whim, and it's out there for the entire internet. Um, but but like, even, you think about it, we can't even watch the Super Bowl alone, and, and a lot of times we don't choose to. We watch the Super Bowl, we're on our phones, we're on our computers, we want to know what everyone has to say about everything, about... Team A, Team B, the halftime show, the commercials. You, you care about what your aunt has to say, what your friends, what people in the media. And then what are you doing? You're trying to say something funny and clever and get attention and, and, and make yourself relevant in it. Maybe not all the time and maybe not every one of you. Probably not every one of you. But that's just what it's come down to. And if... If if what has been presented still isn't enough, I kind of think you're you're trying to hear what you want to hear, and if you're continuing on with different rumors because that one was refuted. I mean, I saw a post that used NBC Sports Chicago's Charlie Romeliotis's tweet about the Hawk statement. They took the post, they screenshot that, they used it on their TikTok, and they said, "Well, look at like the terminology really wasn't that clear about." why Corey Perry was removed, yet they didn't use Charlie's tweet that 100% refuted the rumor just hours ago. And then you know how the, the TikTok ended? Anyway, here's my picks for these for this game. Okay, great. That's that's what you're doing. Okay, got it. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm taking this whole thing a little bit too personally, personally but man, the, the amount of people that have reached out, what do you know? You know what's going on. I mean, people. I don't. People. I don't even have their number. I, I haven't talked to in in years. And I'm not. I'm not pointing my finger. Hey, don't do that. I mean, I get it. I, I'm. I'm enjoying this job. I'm loving this job. I get people might think I have a scoop, but everything I know has already been reported. And if you're still out there complaining about the Hawks' inability to be transparent here, I mean, once again, we'll lay out the timeline. And this was all things that Kyle Davidson had stated. Someone felt comfortable enough to speak up about improper behavior. The organization immediately removed Corey Perry from the team. He was pulled after morning skate in Columbus, totally removed from the team, went through an investigation, declared that Corey Perry was in the wrong and deserved to be removed from the team permanently, and they informed us of the steps along the way. They informed us what happened. And if you want to know more, frankly, it's it's not your right. It's not they they don't have to say that, and they shouldn't because someone someone's clearly hurt in this situation. But right now, it's it's more important to to see another funny meme because I mean I know it seems harmless, and I know it's just oh well you know it's a professional making millions of dollars. But okay, like if if somebody randomly said something to the extent of what the rumor was about your family. How would you feel? Oh, I wouldn't care. I knew it. I knew it's fake. Well, okay. What if another person hopped on it and badgered you a little more about it? And then another person, another person, another person, and dozens of people, and then hundreds and thousands. And then it turns into something that just kind of affects your life. That's the dangerous, slippery slope of this whole thing. And I'm glad we're done talking about it. Patrick Kane is a Detroit Red Wing. 
That happened. That's the second time I've said this on this show, and it's 720. Wow, that's kind of timely. All right, let's talk about Patrick Kane. He's a Detroit Red Wing next, Blackhawks Live. Blackhawks Live, 720 WGN. We're coming off a a rampant day yesterday. Patrick Kane becomes a Detroit Red Wing. The Blackhawks remove Corey Perry from the team. They have an intense, good win against the Seattle Kraken, and they make a trade. All of that happened in the same day. Patrick Kane took the ice today. I I think that was a little bit quicker than most people expected. Uh, Detroit's in New York today. They're taking on the Rangers they're going to host the Hawks tomorrow. It doesn't look like Kane will make his debut tonight or tomorrow. Um, so it looks like it's going to have to wait until February when the Hawks host Detroit and ironically retire Chris Chelios' number to see Patrick Kane against his former team for the first time. Because remember, he got traded to New York last year. He never played against the Hawks. Boy, what a montage video is that going to be. Hot ticket, too, I assume. But uh, it's still weird to me. Still very weird. Woke up to it. Didn't love it. I, I, I'll admit I'm being a little bit of a fanboy here. Um, I, Kevin Powell was in, and I was talking to him about it, and he was saying, yeah, but you know, the, the Hawks' rivalry with Detroit isn't what it used to be. And I'm like, yes, you're right. Got it. They're different conferences. But Kane was around when they were. And Kane was on that team in 2013 when they were down three games to one in the second round. And they came back and beat them and won their second cup. And Kane was on the 9 team that lost to Detroit in the Western Conference Finals. So he, he's like one of the last pieces. I know Jonathan Taves hasn't totally thrown out the idea that he's done with his hockey career. I, okay, Brandon Sod's out there too, but it's, it's nothing like Kane becoming a Detroit Red Wing. I'll say this, I like Detroit's team. They're fun, they're fast, they're flashy. How could you not like Alex Dabrinkit? So I am I'm excited to see Kane excel at the level he can excel at and play with a team that's really going to complement him well. He he said how, ex, how how excited he is to play with this young team. I thought it was interesting he mentioned how he doesn't think that that's going to put more pressure on him to to really be at the I don't know, I don't want to say at the top of his game because he feels like he's at the top of his game. But it was it was it was a little awkward I think meshing him in into New York last year because there was so much wonder of if he was going to stay with the Hawks, if they could trade him, if they would trade him, and then bam, you're on Panarin's team, you're you're playing with Panarin, you're on the power play, power play needs help, and it just didn't work out, not to mention he's dealing with his hip issue the entire time. And there's something to be said that all three teams are original six teams. That might be a, a hokey hockey thought, but th- I, I do think there's something to be said about that. I wasn't quite expecting this. I, I was thinking that it was going to end up being Buffalo. And only this year, I never had that thought in years prior because it didn't make enough sense. But he's from there. Buffalo's, I, I know they're not having as great of a year as they had hoped, but looking to make a rise and become a playoff contender. And I, I thought Buffalo would be willing to guarantee Kane a couple of years and some extra dough but he wants to win and he wants to play and that's why he signed a one-year deal with the Detroit Red Wings I said on Twitter or X or I'm still calling it Twitter um they gotta invite Marion Hosa to the Chris Chelios game then you'll get Chelios Hosa and Patrick Kane all at the United Center 
All three of those guys played for both teams. All three of those guys won three cups. Now, Chelios won all three with the Wings, and Hosa and Kane obviously won all three with the Hawks, but I enjoy that parallel. Speaking of the United Center yesterday, solid win against the Seattle Kraken. Didn't get off to a great start. Coughed up a two-goal lead in the first period, but still gutted out a really nice win. And I said it a lot in the post-game show, which you can find on your podcasts on WGNRadio.com. It was just the way they scored their goals, which was so reassuring. Boris Kachuk, who we're actually going to talk to after the 7.30 news, scores the first one. Jason Dickinson stays hot. Joey Anderson with two assists in that game. He's now got three in three games since being called up from Rockford. He should have five. Tyler Johnson got in the mix. We talked with Seth Jones after the game. That's, again, on last night's post-game show. Uh, you can get it wherever you get your podcast. Great combo with Seth Jones. Man, is he enjoyable to talk to and productive to talk to. He just gives you so much. He's had 10 shots on goal in the last two games, and I was asking him if that's more of a mindset or if that's just situational. And He said he is trying to shoot the puck more, and it did seem more like a decision for him to shoot the puck more in last night's game. And he expressed his frustration about not having a goal yet and talked about how great it is to play with Alex Vlasic on the same pairing. And really, it's cool to see them mesh so well together, especially how they're so similarly built. Boris Kachuk talks about a lot. He talks about scoring, not only in the last game, but the game before that. We actually got this interview before last night's game. So if it's missing any info from the Seattle game, that's why. Boris Kachuk, after David Jennings News from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. This is Blackhawks Live on 720 WGN. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live. We're talking with Hawks forward Boris Kachuk here on 720 WGN. And Boris, it was it was great to see you pick up the goal the other day because so many chances that you've had and um, just seamlessly putting it past. I mean, have you ever felt more confident on a breakaway like that? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I do that move a lot um, in practice, and it seems to work. So um, good thing uh, it happened in the game, and it worked. So, I know it's been uh, a year where the roster difference is, is making it a lot different from last year, but but earning your playing time I know is something very true to you, and it's it's paying off lately the past couple of days. Have you found anything different about yourself as a hockey player out on the ice with this change that the season has been going through with? Um, no. Um, I think it's just, like I said before, it's been through my life. I've had, um, you know, a lot of adversity going through, through hockey and, um, it's nothing new to me to, to earn a job or earn a spot. And, um, it's just, I'm going day by day to, you know, create as much confidence I can to, to move forward to the next day and, um, you know, just keep my head down and, um, you know, working as hard as possible to, to do the right things and, you know, um, you know, good things happen in practice and working hard to, you know, it translates into game. And, you know, I'm a big believer in that and uh, I'm just doing that, trying to do that day in, day out. What do you think this team could benefit from offensively to just really get things going? Uh, yeah, it's just sustaining some ozone time. Um, I think, you know, a couple of the spots we just need to look through video and um, to see where, you know, guys are going to be. But, um, you know, with guys falling down, it's kind of hard to 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 gain that chemistry with your line mates to um, you know to find the right places. But going through video, it's you know it's hugely important to us and and to me as well. Just you know, to seeing where uh, things things go against the teams that um, you know play a certain way. So um, it's just yeah, just going over um, and doing the right things. 
What's your key to getting chemistry with line mates? Is it something that you can only allow to happen naturally, or is there something that you can do to help kind of accelerate that process? Uh, yeah, I don't think there's a certain way or a right way to do it, but um, it's just, you know, talking to each other through, um, you know, some, uh, you know, what, what we need to work on in a game. And, and it definitely doesn't, um, you know, come naturally, but we got to work at it each and every day to, you know, to support each other and, you know, and just hold each other accountable to, to things that we're trying to do. Are you a guy that likes to only talk hockey in the locker room or are you a guy that kind of goofs around a little bit more? Uh, no, definitely not hockey all the time. I think we, we do, we play it too much and or I can't say too much, but we play it a lot and, um, yeah, no, I, I love the sport. I love doing it. That's why I'm, you know, um, I'm here. And um, but no, other than that, I don't really talk much about hockey. <laughs> what do you like to do in your free time? Um, Jesus, I think it's walk, taking good walks outside. Um, I do like playing video games here and there. Um, you know, definitely a Netflix guy for sure. What uh, what type of video games are you playing? Uh, it's usually Call of Duty with uh, my buddies back home. What's your relationship with Taylor Radish like? I mean, obviously coming over from the Tampa trade, but you guys were teammates in World Juniors too. I mean, what what's that dynamic like between you two? Yeah, it even goes before uh, World Juniors. We played lacrosse growing up, um, you know, during Pee Wee, and um, you know, it's it's pretty rare to have a guy like that. That's I've been through everything with, and we started pro hockey together, and you know, we had our last year junior together as well, but. Um, no, it's such a cool, cool bond, and you know I love that guy, and um, you know we do anything for each other. But you know it's like I said, it's so rare that we we've done everything together in pro hockey. What is something about Taylor Radish that people would be surprised to hear? Um, hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Has Has there ever been a time where um, you've like? given a tip to a line mate of his or anything like hey he likes to do that or he likes being over in that spot uh, no no tips at all but um yeah i mean he's just a just a good good goofy guy what um how well are you being acclimated to chicago i know you've been here for a bit now but but what do you like about it yeah um i absolutely love this city i think um you know the dinner and restaurants here are unbelievable and there's i you know i haven't been been here what a year and a half now and still haven't seen all the restaurants but um, I'm a big food guy, big foodie, so um, I love to explore everything. Got any favorite joints? You want to give some shout-outs to any places? Uh, yeah, definitely Maple and Ash. Yeah. Um, Gibson's Italia is definitely a favorite up there, and uh, Alveda is actually a low-key good spot as well. I won't ask you what they wrote on the menu for Maple and Ash <laughs> <laughs> when you went. Did you go there for a cool event, though, or anything? Yeah, um, me and my girlfriend usually go... Um, just you know, maybe twice a year, just to just to go back because it's such a such a neat, uh, unique environment. If um, if you're trying to make your case for who you are as a hockey player and what you bring to a team, what, what would you say? Uh, yeah, it's a very dependable player, 200 foot player. Um, I think it's you know good in all aspects of the game, and you know great PK as well. And I you know take pride and joy in um, you know being a good PKer out there, and it helps the team. Like the transition from third person to first person, <laughs> you really went into a scout's mind there. Um, did you always want to be a hockey player growing up? Uh, to be honest, I didn't. I loved lacrosse uh, a little more than hockey, but my mom was like, "Oh, hockey pays more, so you got to go to hockey." But no, I absolutely loved playing lacrosse, and I think it, you know, translated into my hockey game as well. Um, but yeah, I think uh, hockey definitely took over lacrosse. Did you? Uh, play lacrosse because you were playing hockey or was it vice versa? Uh, I think it was something to get my mind away from hockey and 
um, I think now these days it's all hockey driven into parents' minds. And um, but no, it was I was so happy that I went into uh, lacrosse because I, I loved it as a kid and loved playing it. Any other sports that you got involved with, really? Uh, nope. I picked up golf when I was about 19, so um, I loved doing that in the summer as well. Are you a good golfer? I'm okay. I'm nothing, nothing spectacular at all. I love the game. I mean, I get down on myself a lot, but um, it's the fun of it. Yeah, don't we all? That's yeah. half the game. Um, I know Sam Lafferty's gone, so who's the best golfer on the team now? Oh, Jesus, I hate saying this, but Raddy's up there. Wow. Yep, Raddy's definitely up there. Double A as well. He's a good golfer, too. What do you What do you miss about playing lacrosse? Like, like what aspect of that game does hockey just not scratch the itch of? Um, I think, I don't know. I think it's such a fast sport. Um, you know, there's defense and uh, offense like hockey as well, and... Um, but uh, it's just I loved it as a kid. I don't know what the, the for certain aspect of it was, but um, yeah, I just love playing it growing up. Boris, thanks for the time. I know it's a little tight after a morning skate. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much. It's Boris Kachuk. We'll have more Blackhawks Live 720 WGN. Hawks just wrapped up a winning homestand. They picked up wins against the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Seattle Kraken. They fell to the St. Louis Blues. And now they venture off on the road. They're going to take on Detroit, Winnipeg, Minnesota, um, obviously the big game being against the Red Wings on Thursday. Again, it doesn't look like Patrick Kane's going to play in that game, but uh, still that that rivalry that once was that still lingers a little bit uh, picks back up on Thursday. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live. We're wrapping things up at 8 o'clock. Jack Heinrich is our producer. Uh, Jackie, got any last thoughts that you'd like to chime in with? Um, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. A little uh, bit. Um, for me, I mean, just looking at Twitter... Um, I'm going to call it Twitter, kind of like the Sears Tower. Um, uh, Kaminsky. Yeah, same thing. Um, just, it seems like the Blackhawks handle the situation right. Um, and a lot of people are still kind of like, oh, we can't trust the Blackhawks on Twitter just based on everything that's happened. Um, but I think it's like a new, I mean, there's nobody in the organization still that's from the um, Kyle Beach situation. And um, it seems like they handled it the right way now and um taking care of business and i'm not saying that just because we're partnered with the blackhawks i'm just saying it because just from an outside perspective it seems like they were able to handle it the right way and they went about it slowly and and just the comments they made like you, you can't disclose stuff like hr stuff like that and i know people are curious but it seems like they handled it the right way and action your actions Show what you've learned from the past. For that's the people, I think, yeah. For the people that are, are saying, you know, they're they're trying to to hide something. Hiding something would be us not finding out about this. Exactly. And, and Corey Perry still being on the team. I mean, the whole the whole point is to not reward or dismiss the behavior and to set a new standard. And Kyle Davidson said that in the press conference too. That for a couple of things, he was asked, you know, what does it say about. Um, trying to work back the reputation that was tarnished with the whole findings from a couple of years ago. Um, and, and I understand why people are still upset with that. I think the current administration of the Blackhawks still understands that. But this is so different in terms of the way the team handled it. They right. found out about it. They pulled the player immediately. They did an investigation, and they let the player go. And frankly, if that's how the matter was operated the last time... We'd be t- we wouldn't even be talking about it because right. it would just it would have just been a thing. And again, I Kyle Davidson wouldn't answer or, or give a detailed response to to my question yesterday, and I get it. Um, but I asked him, you know, 
somebody felt comfortable enough to say something. And once an entirely new regime took over, they talked about transparency throughout the entire workplace and how everyone feels that their voice is heard. This is an example of it. This is an example of of somebody speaking forth saying, hey, I, I, I felt, and we don't know the details, but somebody came forth about misconduct by Corey Perry and then something happened. Something happened where the organization felt that Corey Perry should be removed from the situation. Uh, I do want to get into the trade. Sorry, uh, that time of year. Uh, I do want to get into the trade. Anthony Bovillier traded from the Vancouver Canucks to the Hawks during yesterday's game for a fifth-round pick. I, I like this move for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, the Hawks needed to add some depth. Taylor Hall and Corey Perry no longer on this team, at least for the rest of the year. Um, there's a chance Taylor Hall might come back later on, but I, I wouldn't get my hopes up for that. Um, underwent ACL surgery, I believe, this week. And, uh, I mean, the Hawks are just a little thin forward-wise. I like it because we've seen a track record of Kyle Davidson hitting on some of these picks, or I should say hitting on some of these guys that aren't quite doing it somewhere else. Sam Lafferty, Jason Dickinson, Taylor Radish, uh, Boris Kachuk right now, um, guys that weren't quite doing it at another team, and maybe a scene change would help. And it does seem like Kyle Davidson's got a pretty good eye for that type of player. Um, and th- this this was obviously a move made because Vancouver is off to a great start, but Villiers not quite cutting it there. I think it's uh, eight points in 22 games, uh, former yeah. first-round picks. So the talent's there. Um, this clears up the books a little bit for Vancouver. It gives them some flexibility. I think they want to add defensively. Um, and who knows how this turns out for the Hawks. Maybe they flip Bavillier. Maybe he just ends up being a great piece on this team. It makes a whole bunch of sense in different aspects, and it, it also seems like a, a low-risk situation. I mean, you're, you're coughing up a fifth-round pick. The Hawks are still rich with picks uh, for the foreseeable future, and they don't really care about the cap. Um, so it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it was good to see Kyle Davidson so quick to add to this team. And I, I truly do think that winning yesterday's game is a big burst for this team. I, I know we got a, a text during the post game last night about, oh, do you think the, this team really rallied with Corey Perry being gone? I, I'm not ready to make that leap because if it went the other way, I wasn't going to say, oh, man, this is still a lingering issue. I, I just think they finally got to playing the type of hockey that they've been trying to, and we've seen it. It's not like it, yesterday was the first example of it, but it was yet another example of how this team needs to score goals, a little grittier effort, uh, not trying to be too cute with the puck and getting everybody involved. And I I like how they were able to pull out a win in a game they didn't play perfectly, especially in the beginning. And they did a really nice job of of maintaining a solid effort and coughing up a two-goal lead, but then taking a lead back in the second period. So we just need to see more of that. We saw a lot of it last year. We just need to see that consistency again this year. Hopefully this is a step in the right direction. I mean, they still have yet to win back-to-back games, but they did just take two wins out of their last three games and against two solid teams. Definitely Toronto a solid team. And I know Seattle hasn't gotten off to a great start, but they're, they're still a, a, solid, a solid team. And I, I don't know if I want to call it that they have depth because they have just a lot of good guys 
not not a ton of playmakers, but just a lot of solid players that that run like a well-oiled machine. And I feel like that's what worked well with the Hawks last season. Um, so it was nice to see them pick up two points yesterday and get a little revenge on Seattle that kind of tossed them around the last two games last season. But uh, road trip coming up and still this stretch of basically a game every other day. It's nonstop until the Christmas holiday. Jack, you and I are both going to be very busy. Yeah, see a lot of each other. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, though. Luckily, we like each other, except for when I call you the wrong name yeah. from across the studio. <laughs> it uh, happens. Yeah, I, I, I know your name's not Iridian, if, yeah. uh, if you were worried. Um, next post game, rather, next pregame show will be tomorrow night, 5.30, against the Detroit Red Wings. John and Troy will have the call. Any last thoughts, Jack? we got like a minute left. Um, I mean... Uh, I was talking with um, Tracy Myers from NHL.com um, outside the locker room. We were waiting because after that, uh, the middle game loss, they had like a little extended delay in the locker room. They might have been talking again, uh, but we we're a little slow getting in there. But she was brought up an interesting point about Connor Bedard. She's he's like she said um, he's only scored in two or two goals at home, which I thought was interesting because I mean they've only had nine or I think eight home games, but. They've had a lot more on the road, but I he's been so good. You kind of realize a lot of that's kind of happened on the road. Yeah, that's a good um, point. Not in front of the home fans. So she brought that up, and I was like, really? And she's like, yeah. He's like, only two goals, and it's like the opener, and I think he scored against New Jersey, and that was it. Not like trying to say he's bad or anything, but it's just interesting. No, that, it's, yeah, it's an interesting the home, observation. The home team hasn't seen a lot of him scoring, but they know how good he is, and they've been drawing pretty well, and there's still a buzz when he gets the puck, but... He just hasn't put in the back of the net at home. Well, and his biggest goal at home was the one on the home opener right. against the Vegas Golden Knights in the first, like, 90 seconds. Um, yeah, and there was that weird trend at the beginning of the year where he only scored in a red jersey because oh, yeah, yeah. He was, the, the Hawks were wearing the red sweaters uh, on the road for a couple of games, and then he, he was able to cash in at home. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously there's been a little bit of a lull with him offensively, but I truly... Don't think it's anything to like be worried about or or any trending significant features of his game. I, I think mean, you can tell the defense is really starting to pay yes. attention, especially after the back to back two goals and they come home. They were like, you, from our vantage point, you could tell like when he got the puck, everybody was like looking at him, trying to take him away. Yeah, and and you know there was a example yesterday. I thought specifically like he, he was getting really crafty at the blue line, entering into Seattle's zone, trying to feed one of his teammates, couldn't. And then he just tried to skate his way out of trouble, and he couldn't do that either. I mean, they are focusing on him real hard. So it's uh, it's he's gonna, learning, yeah, yeah. And, and it's going to take some adjustments. That's going to do it for Blackhawks Live. Big thanks for everyone hanging with us. I know it's been a weird week. Can't wait to talk about just hockey next week. Again, the next pregame show tomorrow night at five thirty. Hawks are in Detroit. Jack Heinrich was our producer. Boris Kachuk, our guest. Thanks to the Hawks for making that available.